Handle on the News. Handle on the News! Absolute missile for Bill Handel. First career World Cup goal puts Brazil on the board. And now, here's Bill Handel. All right, everybody. Uh, it is a uh, Tuesday already, June 26. Okay. Oh, later on, uh, we're going to talk about the civility business uh, with uh, the <laughs> Democrats and the Republicans. And now the Democrats are going berserk. And uh, they have it all wrong. They have it all wrong. Uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders has it right, uh, even though Trump doesn't pay attention to Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Uh, but I'm going to share with you a story or several stories or a bit of history in which the Democrats could gain a lot, and I mean a lot of gravitas and some history going on there where I I just want to share this with you because I think it's a lesson we should uh, take to heart. In the meantime, there's Jennifer Jones-Lee. Morning, Handel. And uh, there is uh, the infamous uh, what's-his-face over here uh, filling in for uh, Wayne Resnick. Okay, Rich. Rick. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people yeah, call Rick. you Rick. I know. Uh, Alex, good morning. And uh, there is John. Uh, who was supposed to have their arm here and who we no longer do? Uh, well, Morgan. Morgan is one. How many arms have we had here? It was just me. I started it. Uh, what are yeah. you talking about? Okay. Oh, it's a thing. So when right. I used to be the associate producer, I sat back there, and so when he would say good morning, all he could see is my arm. So oh. I would just wave it, <laughs> yeah. and it so became I would say a hello. Thing. I would say hello to the yeah, arm. I got you. And uh, that's every uh, intern or uh, every person who starts on the show or has been hired for the show and works on this show rotates through to figure out. Well, what show. for many years on this show. Everybody else beside Bill on this show was in the other room. Bill was alone in this studio. Gallagher was in there with yep. me. Paul the Wall was in the other studio. And with you were me. in there. And yeah. I was in there. And I was yeah. here by myself. Right. So Michelle started working here uh, next to me only because I kept on losing everything. <laughs> and she would have to come in. I'd scream, where is? And insert name of paper story here. And uh, then uh, for Handle on the News... Uh, it was uh, here. I think was it with Wayne coming coming in here for the first time for handle on the news. Yeah, I think so because I've always been in here. Well, of course you're over there. You're in that closet, which <laughs> euphemistically is the KFI newsroom. It's a closet. It's a closet with it's a window. Small. Leave her alone. It's a matter of pride. Uh, <laughs> she's proud. She's proud of her closet. Of my closet. <laughs> I'm a simple woman. Now, how can you not have claustrophobia in there? Ah, uh, you just get used to it. There's so much going on. I don't have a. I don't have an opportunity to realize how tiny these quarters are. The walls are closing in. Don't say that. Can you see her like flipping you off during oh, yeah. the course of the? Oh, oh yeah, on a like regular. Wow, just like just that. like this. Just like that. All right, guys. Uh, <laughs> some of the stories we're going to cover, and we are covering the Long Beach shooting. Surprise as to who's been arrested there, uh, and then uh, War of the Words. We're going to talk about civility in. Uh, in politics and in general, and then the Pawnee fire, no good news there. Okay, and then Harley Davidson uh, leaving uh, the United States and President Trump uh, when he was uh, either as president or as candidate, he went to a Harley Davidson factory and pointed and said, made in America. I thought he was congratulating Harley. They were, yeah, except now, since they're moving overseas, uh, no longer a rally at the Harvey da- uh, Har- uh, Har- uh, Harley Davidson factory. 
And the president says, eh, it's all right. No, the president says you have to take the long uh, look. You have to play the long game yeah. here. And this, and you will be able to not have to have, not get hit with the sanctions because the sanctions are going to disappear, I guess. Okay, I don't understand the logic, but so be it. Okay, let's do it. Handle on the news, Jennifer Jones Lee and Rich Murata, Rick Murata. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, people are so happy that Rich is in yeah, this week. Yeah, he is. Social media has blown up with people loving well, him being yeah, here. It's, well, it's true. I mean, he was on the show for over 20 years. He's they are a, for a few days. I know. He's, <laughs> and you're going to be here this week. And Rich is our resident communist. And people love to hate Rich uh, for politics. That's what they write, though. They say things like, <laughs> even though he's a commie, I right. love him. Yeah. Yeah. And you, uh, Rich denies being a commie. But who are we kidding? He just calls himself no. liberal. Oh, stop it. Uh, slightly left. Yeah, slightly, slightly left. Matter of fact, he Just leans. leaning. <laughs> yeah, and because you're gone, I'm now the wacko left winger because there's no one to compare me to. So here I am. Oh, you've become so left wing. No, I haven't. I'm the same, but there's no one to compare me to. There's uh, no Bernie Sanders lookalike. I heard uh, you agreeing with Trump yesterday on something. Yeah, I'm agreeing with Trump on a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's do it, guys. Lead story. We're going to talk to uh, Corbin Carson about this story at 7 o'clock. Uh, someone has been arrested in the shooting of uh, and killing of the uh, fire captain at the Long Beach Retirement Home. It's a 77-year-old. Yeah. Who was a resident of the home. This is probably not some political deal or even a religious deal, right? It's probably just some guy freaking out. Well, they found, so they're saying that this might have been intentionally started, the fire intentionally started, and that these uh, firefighters were ambushed because apparently there were a couple of devices that were found. There was a weapon that was found. And this fire captain who was shot was simply trying to help get people out of the building because he thought that there was a fire there. Oh, just, it's... Just horrific this story, and it looks like it was planned. Yeah, uh, it looks like, like it was. It looks like ambush, which means that murder, uh, added uh, with lying and wait, is an enhanced crime, and it comes right into uh, it's uh, eligible for the death penalty. And this man has been booked on suspicion of murder, two counts of attempted murder, and arson. Uh, because he's seventy-seven, he, though, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, he's going to end up. Well, first of all, he's going to end up. In, he's going to die in jail. Uh, because it takes 30 years just to kill someone anyway. And at this point, I don't even know why they bother giving anybody the death penalty. Uh, they, they should just throw him in the general population where he's going to do just fine. I mean, they're going to, but he's going to die. So here's the death row costs three times as much to keep someone there. Right. Why spend the money when you know they're not going to die? They won't be executed. It makes no sense. All right, uh, coming up, uh, we'll uh, do more, of course, of uh, handle on the news. Let's take a break and uh, check in with Jennifer Jones. Bang, 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 Uh, KFI Handle here on a uh, June 26th Tuesday. More Handle on the news. Jennifer Jones, Lee, Rich Murata in for Wayne this week, and uh, me. And even though it is being called a homicide, the fatal shooting of that dad at a campsite in Calabasas does not look like it's connected to other incidents at the state park in Malibu. Yeah, that's a weird one. People get shot, shot at. 
yeah. in this park in Malibu? Two people have reported their cars have had bullet holes in them. One person was shot back in 2016. And then now this dad. Wait, are you saying it's all different people? That's what they're, they're saying. It's not. They're saying it's not connected. One of them was with a pellet gun, uh, shooting up at uh, I think cars, etc. Yeah, but, I don't know. Uh, they don't know. The police are trying to put it together. Well, this whole thing is so strange. Here's a, a dad who is camping with his two and four year old. Yeah. And in the tent in front of his kids, he gets shot in the chest and dies. So did somebody enter the tent and shoot him? Did somebody they unload? Uh, you know, away from it, and this yeah. was just an errant bullet that yeah, hit him. I, we don't know. I don't know. Now, is this a big area for this kind of activity? Not the shooting, but I mean camping, oh, yeah, and outdoor yeah, activities yeah, and yeah, everything. Yeah, like Malibu yeah. State Park is part of the Conservancy, I think, and it's just a, a neat place to go. Yeah, a lot of people go there. Well, a state of emergency has been declared in Northern California for the Pawnee wildfire. Yeah, it's now, uh, they're saying as, as of this story... Uh, 10,500 acres. Yep. Uh, five, only 5% contained. 22 buildings have been destroyed. Yeah. But here's, this is good news. This is the Lake County Sheriff, Brian Martin, who thinks the worst may have passed. I think the bulk of the evacuation is behind us. The fire is burning in a direction where it's, it's not very populated at all. Where is this? Is this near Lake Tahoe or is it's it? It's north or? of Santa Rosa. Clear Lake Oaks, I think is what the area is called, but I think it's near Clear Lake. Yeah, and these areas are, uh, they haven't been hit by fire in 50 years. Some have never been hit by fire. And when you talk about low humidity, talk about winds, you talk about brush that is uh, is basically tender, and up it all goes. And if you think about it, this is just north of the area that was horribly burned last year in the fire in Santa Rosa. This is just north of that area. So here they, you know, escaped it last year, but not this year. Well, the uh, gas tax repeal, it's made it to the California ballot for November. It's a pain in my gas. Oh, it's going to win. The repeal oh, is going really? to happen. People are so sick of these. It's crazy. They don't want to pay $700. bucks. you have got crumbling infrastructure. That's right. Right? And, and, and this pays that's for right. your infrastructure. And here, well, here is the problem. The reason we have crumbling infrastructure is because this legislature and previous legislatures and previous legislatures, and let's go back uh, to the previous legislature, do not spend any money on infrastructure. They Do you do maintenance on your car? Yes. And and it, is it out of your income? In other words, you have to pay for it out of the amount of money right. you make. Yeah. Well, can you imagine keep on borrowing and borrowing or because you don't want to spend the money, you simply don't do maintenance. And then finally the car breaks down and the only way that you can make the car work is to spend thousands of dollars fixing it up. Okay, so this pays for your maintenance on the infrastructure. The point, the point is, are you going, what person in their right mind is going to, instead of maintaining the car, Letting it go where maintenance every year, it makes sense to uh, maintain the car and not spend that much money. However, with the legislature, when you run out of money, instead of living within your means, you kick the can down the road. And people are tired of it. They're just done. Let the bridges fall apart. Maybe that'll teach the legislature something. Because what happens when we don't, and next time, we don't have enough money for health care? Well, let's tax again. And when we don't have enough money for schools, let's throw another tax at that. It is un limited in this state what taxes are coming down. And I just don't think that people are willing to trust their lawmakers that the money that they say, yeah, this is allocated for our bridges and our roads well, you can make is actually going to go 
to the well, bridges and the roads. Oftentimes, you, it gets diverted. Well, it gets diverted because the legislatures, God bless them, not only do they collect or pass taxes or push for taxes, but you're right. They leave loopholes in there saying, in an emergency, we can take that money and use it for other services. It's always an emergency unless the bill that's passed d- makes it un. Uh, constitutional or not, it wouldn't be a constitutional issue, makes it illegal Illegal. to take that money, that there absolutely is no money there. I bet uh, Republicans think this is a winner for them, and they're really hoping that this will turn make uh, a difference in some turnout, that maybe they can make a dent in the state legislature and some of the other uh, ballot propositions. Guess what we need. Can you imagine a Gavin Newsom, a supermajority Democrat, there's going to be no control. There will be no control. Is there any chance that Gavin Newsom gets beat? No. No. Mm-mm. Not at The latest poll, I think, was 45% Gavin, 25% John Yeah, Cox. there's no way. There's no way. It's so depressing. I'm sorry you're coming into the country illegally. We don't want you in the country. That's it. It's over now. You go back. You got somebody waiting. That now, was President Trump speaking right, last night. We don't night want you. Uh, now, we don't want you. Well, uh, nice. Yeah, how many? Well, Okay, how many illegal aliens do you want? They're going to, well, they, this is the, you know, we should start talking no. with civility. Okay, the, we you're right. We don't want you. That's true. And the whole point is the way he talks. But let me let me ask someone who is liberal, really liberal. Let me look around the room. Rich! So, uh, Rich, let me ask you. God, it's going to be a great week. How many illegal aliens would you like in this country? Well, give me I, a number. I just really don't know because I don't know what the number is, but I know the number's been going down and down arguing. and down. Not and even we're arguing at a 40 that. year low. Uh, it's true. And all of a sudden, you're manufacturing you're right. some crisis That's that correct. isn't there. Absolutely correct. How many yeah. illegal aliens <laughs> would you like in this country? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, well, yeah. I know. How about none? But I know they're clearing, like, they're cleaning your house and they're mowing your lawn. No, actually, that's yeah. not true. Well, that's actually not true. Uh, and no, no, as a matter of fact, my employees... Well, maybe not you personally, but let's say there's a lot of people that are doing that. I want and illegal yeah. aliens because they're cheaper, but I can't find so any. So what's your number? Zero. <laughs> Zero. Uh, Maria, I always make fun of her. She whips out her passport. She goes back to El Salvador where her family is, and she comes back home, and they harass the hell out of her. She whips out her passport. And... Border Patrol says that's fake news. <laughs> Never mind. Let's let's take a break and we'll come back. All right, Jennifer Jones. Baby, please have mercy on me. Take it easy on my heart. Even though you told me to hurt me. You keep tearing me apart. Would you please KFI handle here. Uh, Tuesday, June 26, some of the big stories that we are covering. Uh, coming up 7 o'clock, uh, Corbin Carson joins us with a uh, rather strange take. What happened at that shooting, uh, the uh, assisted living center. Uh, very strange story. All right, back we go. More handle on the news. Uh, Jennifer Jones Lee, Rick, also known as Rich Murata, and uh, me. Look who's speaking out against President Trump. Hillary's back. You probably think you should be president. Hillary. Yeah, of all the people, of all the people who just said shut up, she lost the election. However, she's at Oxford University giving a speech, and uh, don't feel too bad about Hillary 
she makes a quarter million dollars a speech. She makes millions and millions of dollars a year. Well, not every speech. No, she donates a lot of speech. This one, I'm assuming, is free. Because you can make, the next week, she makes a quarter million dollars. So uh, she is free to give free speeches. So in this one, she rips into the president, who said there should be no judicial process. Well, he didn't actually use those words. Uh, He did say... Uh, let's get them out of here. No judges, etc. As so, soon as they come over, we right. send them back. Okay, so blustery, and that's exactly what uh, Donald Trump is. He's a blusterer. He is mean-spirited. He is vile. He hates people. He attacks people who certainly don't have the power to attack him back. What has happened? Uh, no judges? They're putting more judges in there. Has anybody been denied due process? No. Did he sign the order? Under and I'm under a lot of political pressure, did he sign the order to keep families together? Oh, incidentally, when uh, President Obama separated families, he never signed an order to keep them together. The difference is is zero tolerance policy, which none of the other presidents have. Uh, and so it's it's a, it's just a lot of words. And uh, the president is attacked, and he should be for his words. But keep in mind, it's words. It's not actions. Actions are the tariffs. That's real. I think it's interesting that Hillary Clinton and, and uh, Trump are still like going out after each yeah, other. I don't like understand the campaign him. is still I going on. I don't get him at all. I don't understand him. Yeah. And, she, and she's doing it too. But I mean, but he brings her up in like every speech. Yeah, I know. He's too, I don't get it. But it's words. It's words. He has not tried to deport her yet. <laughs> <laughs> Where would she go? <laughs> where do you think to, she's from? To hell. That's where just ask him. All right. L.A. County has approved $31 billion for this year's budget, adding funds for four immigration lawyers. Can I tell you about immigration? Which is nothing. Nothing. It's a drop in the bucket. It's symbolic. You really want to do something? You need hundreds of immigration lawyers. But it's funny because it's symbolic on both sides. So on one hand, they're saying, look, we're trying to do something. On the other hand, they're going to make a lot of people mad that say we shouldn't spend money on four immigration lawyers. Yeah. And then they're adding uh, positions in the Department of Children uh, and Family Services. Um, So the number of employees in the county are going to reach almost 112,000. Of which we pay probably the most generous retirement benefits you could ever imagine. Well, the president has insulted the restaurant in Virginia where White House Press Secretary Sarah Sanders was asked to leave. Little Red Hen needs help today. Ha, ha, ha. You and me. Little Red Hen's a friend in need. Like, (laughs) the Red Hen restaurant should focus more on cleaning its filthy canopies, doors, and windows badly needs a paint job, rather than refusing to serve a fine person like Sarah Huckabee Sanders. I always had a rule. If a restaurant is dirty on the outside, it's dirty on the inside. That is hilarious. Uh, Yesterday on Twitter, I saw a bunch of people, like, posting, like, violations that Trump Hotel in Vegas had and Mar-a-Lago had. That is so funny. Quick question. Does this help a restaurant when it's attacked by the president? Do uh, Democrats, do people who lean a little left, do they go out of their way now to yes. go to that restaurant? Yes. Would you? But it's a wash, of course. Yeah. You know, you will have the Democrats going there to support these guys because what kind they... Of, what kind of food do they have? You're very. You're right. It probably is a wash. What, what food do they offer? 
And I don't know the. I assume I don't, it's I don't like a fried chicken is. kind of place. Mm-hmm. Well, you would guess with a Red Hand restaurant. Anyway, uh, and so it's a question of how Sarah uh, Sanders, uh, how she was treated badly. And she was tossed from the restaurant. She politely left, refused to make a scene, which is what's happening with all of these Republican, these Trump, uh, Trump employees, people that are on the Trump. Yeah, the she's Trump not camp. the only one that this has yeah. happened to. Now nobody, that, nobody else is screaming. It's but, only the people that are yelling uh, at these folks who are eating dinner. All they want to do is be left alone. I was really wrong. This place is swanky. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. Uh, like... It's a farm-to-table, fine-dining place, uh, local green salad, smoked salmon, uh, classic steak tartare. But then I left. Cheese and crackers. <laughs> uh, trout, pan-seared pork chops, lamb, mm. risotto, steak mm. and potatoes. Mm. Uh, for dessert, you can get wait, wait, peaches and berries, classic brownie, lemon meringue, and cheese and crackers. They're really into cheese and crackers in they this are. place. Yeah. Wow. Ritz with cheese whip on it? Maybe. <laughs> That That's restaurant it. you went to the other night, that, that Ritz with cheese on it would probably cost you yeah, $200. Bucks, huh? Yeah, $200. Thomas Keller. Yeah. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'm going to have, uh, what I'm doing is I'm having uh, my daughter uh, scan the menu. Oh, cool. I want to uh, see so it. You, the, the day that we ate there. All right. Take a break. And uh, Maxine Waters is uh, jumped into this. Uh, no justice, no peace, Maxine. I find her completely, totally disgusting. And I think you will agree, except for Rich. All right. Uh, in the meantime, let's check in with uh, Jennifer. Hey. Handle here and the morning crew on a Tuesday, June 26. More handle on the news. Jennifer Jones Lee, Wayne Resnick is on vacation. Rich Murad is filling in this week. And me. And we've got Maxine Waters back in the news saying, hold on, President Trump, you misinterpreted my message. What a piece of work. So yesterday at a rally, she is uh, screaming, uh, you go ahead and you confront anybody in the Trump administration in public, at restaurants, at department stores, stop them from uh, going forward with whatever event they're at, just harass them. And she said, oh, but I didn't mean to hurt them. You're misunderstanding me, Mr. President. And so she didn't specifically say that. She also didn't specifically say burn down Los Angeles when as it was burning, she said no justice, no peace. Right, Screaming no justice, no peace. But I didn't actually tell people to burn down the city. So I didn't really tell people not to harm anybody. All I said is confront them, harass them, Make sure that you stop them from eating at a restaurant, for example. But don't hurt them. Well, I think this is just going to get worse before you it bet gets it better. Is. You bet it we is. We are just way too polarized. Yep. And now what's happening is, is you know, I think that the president with his rhetoric You're right. has set the table for this to happen. And now people on the other side are going to... That whole thing right. that Michelle Obama used to say, when they go low, we'll go high. Forget about that. Right. That's not... And that's this, history. And this That's is just where, not going to happen anymore. And this is where the Democrats, and I'm going to talk about this a little bit later, where the Democrats are absolutely doing the best thing for uh, in terms of the Trump administration. And it couldn't be better. The pre- Trump administration could not have written this script better 
uh, for what the, the Democrats are doing, what people are doing stopping them. I'll explain later. And there, there's a way out, but they're not going to pay attention. You watch. And history. History will tell us, because I love history. All right. All right. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo says the U.S. has no timeline set for ongoing negotiations with North Korea. So Time North Korea keeps on uh, keeps on making inroads. Yeah, making yeah. for this, for example, the We Hate America rally right. that goes on for a month. They've canceled that. Yeah, is that what it's called? Really? Oh it's yeah, the <laughs> anti-U.S. imperialism rally. Yeah. I swear. Yeah. It is. Oh great. Last year, hundred thousand people turned out in the square yeah. for that. Yeah. Now yeah. they can really do that goose step. <laughs> That's like oh yeah, I, and, I, and they call you. the number. We like a hundred thousand people. And if 999,999 people show up or 99,000 uh, show up, someone dies. Oh, yeah. Well, we've got ab- like literally breaking news right now on the little boy in Lancaster, the 10 year old who died last week. We are learning a whole lot more about that story right now. Yeah, it's crazy. So, what has happened or what we have just learned is according to the LA Times this morning, the boy, Anthony Avalos, had uh, just come out as gay. And then also there's a line in the story that talks about now how, you know, Anthony Avalos, apparently, according to the family, that that the entire family had been turned into child services since 2013 at least a dozen times for neglect and abuse and all kinds of stuff. The mom and the boyfriend who lived there now are being questioned in the case. The kids have been taken away. But according to the L.A. Times this morning, the boyfriend was allegedly a member of the MS-13 gang. And found out, or the allegation was... And that's going to, it's, it's Gabriel Fernandez it's all, all over. over again. Same thing. Yep, exactly. Yep. And uh, here's where social services uh, is, has failed miserably. Now, in Gabriel Fernandez's case, you've got four social workers that are being tried criminally yep. for this. And the same thing is going to happen. You watch uh, because 16 times and they return the kid to the mother. And what are they going to say? There wasn't enough evidence. I heard, uh, that's all. That's the only defense they have. Well, and I heard yesterday, and I believe it was a family member who was saying that she felt the kids had been brainwashed by the parents or by the mom because they said even though that they would get, you know, neglected or, or whatever, you know, uh, however they were being neglected, the mom would say, oh, it won't happen again. We'll go to McDonald's. We'll go to Disneyland. We'll Jeez. go to it. So they always thought things were going to be different. Well, there's a 15-year-old boy who has been dragged from the Bronx, and he was brutally killed with a machete. This is a gang case also, but it turns out this was a case of mistaken identity. Uh, yeah. Collateral damage as far as the gangs are concerned. There was actually an apology. Uh, the leader of the gang apologized on Facebook saying it was a case of my de- I, I mistaken identity. Well, there you go. Apologize. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah, that's exactly it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, never mind. It's okay. And then a weird shooting. This one out of Ohio where a man suspected of shooting or trying to kill his ex-girlfriend's ex-boyfriend in Riverside ends up being found and arrested in Ohio. Yeah, it's weird. It was a child custody exchange yeah. uh, altercation. And so when in doubt, shoot someone. That's apparently this guy two months after... A man in Riverside was shot several times by the ex-boyfriend of his ex-girlfriend. It's crazy. He's arrested in yeah. Ohio, but the shooting was clear back in March. And they 
the guy who is accused of this, uh, Lakana Ware, allegedly went to the business where the shooting happened because it was the workplace of the ex-girlfriend. The victim was there for a child custody exchange with the same woman who is also his ex-girlfriend. All right. Last story. uh, And the question I have before you get into it is why in God's name would anybody ever bank with Wells Fargo? That's my bank, man. You're an idiot. That is my bank. You are an idiot. Me too. (laughs) You're morons. I know. You guys are cretins. My mortgage I've never had an issue. Yeah. Okay, you're the one. I've never had an issue. I got to say, Rich, I haven't either. That's what I, I. You don't know if you've ever had an issue. You don't know if they've come up with fake accounts in your name. You have no idea. Well, I because you may look, be paying. But... You may be paying some kind of fees that are hidden deep in the recesses. I don't see any fee. I look at my yeah, statements every day. Yeah. Well, they they would hide them. Well, although that's an allegation I'm making, <laughs> which is not fair. I don't know if that's true or not. The only thing I know is another round of fines have been hit. Yep, $4 million over the handling of market-linked investments this time. Yeah, Uh-oh. churning. That's where my IRA is. Okay, yeah. they're churning. I have my market-linked yeah. investments. See, see what they're... Here's the magic. <laughs> see how much they charge oh. against your IRA for churning, and it's hidden churning. churning. That is buying and selling stocks and uh, equities and what other financial instruments more than they should. Uh, and it's hidden in there. Oh, it's happening to you. I'll tell you right now. Oh, I can't say that because I'll get sued. I don't know if it's happening to you, but let me put it the other way. I wouldn't be surprised if it happened to you. It's something I should check. Well, if I you would. can, if it's hidden deep, how can I right. check it? So to the Wells Fargo lawyers, uh, I did not mean any accusation that you, in fact, are doing anything wrong, have ever done anything wrong. For the record, I love Wells Fargo. It's the best bank uh, in the world. He wishes they have a lot of ATMs. There. Huh? They have a lot of ATMs. Yeah, they certainly do. All right, we're done, guys. Coming up, Corbin Carson updates us on that Long Beach shooting at uh, the assisted living facility. So there's lots going on today. KFI AM 640. And this is uh, KFI Handle here. It is a uh, Tuesday morning. And uh, the top stories that we are carrying, uh, the war of the words. Sarah Sanders kicked out of the restaurant, and uh, Trump now attacks the restaurant, Maxine Waters. And what I want to do is share with you uh, a little later on, and matter of fact, the next segment is how the Democrats, and I'm sure you know this, are playing right into the hands of Republicans, and their Democrats are being idiots on this one. And what there's an answer here. There really is history tells us there is an answer. And I'm going to share that with you uh, coming up the next segment. In the meantime, uh, Corbin Carson, who's covering the Long Beach shooting in which uh, the firefighter was killed, uh, there is a spin on this one uh, that certainly I wasn't expecting. Uh, Corbin, uh, thanks for joining us. Good morning, and let's get right to it. Good morning to you, too. How are you today? Uh, Fantastic. Not that you care. Okay, let's move on. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, as we all know, Captain Dave Rosa and another firefighter were responding to reports of an explosion in downtown Long Beach at a a high-rise retirement home at 11 floors or something when they were shot. Rosa uh, died. The other firefighter was grazed. A third man also shot. 
He's in critical condition. Last night, we were updated at the Long Beach Fire Department headquarters, and they released the identity of this uh, of the person that they've arrested as Thomas Kim, a 77-year-old man who lived in that building. Now, uh, cops say they, the fire started in his apartment, and they also told us they found flammable liquids and two explosives, two uh, suspicious devices that, uh, that the uh, L.A. County bomb squad had to make sure we're okay in his apartment. They found him in his unit. He's been since booked on murder, two counts of attempted murder and arson. They're holding him on $2 million of bail. Um, they're also investigating if Kim planned the attack. That is, he set the fire to bring first responders there and then with the intent, uh, with the intent on ambushing whoever came through the yeah. door. And um, what I kept hearing last, uh, last night during the conference is that they're frustrated uh, just looking into this man's life, trying to figure out why he would do something like this. Now, he was a resident of uh, the facility, right? That's correct. Wow. He was on the second floor. He lived on the second floor building of that building. Do we have any information to, as uh, what his mental state was uh, just prior to the shooting? I haven't seen anything into his mental state. I, I have seen reports. People have talked to his his brother, t- talking a little bit about who he was. He immigrated to the U.S. in the 60s. Uh, he's d- divorced. He has a daughter. He worked construction after he graduated in in the U.S. and Saudi Arabia, or excuse me, outside the U.S. and Saudi Arabia and, and Korea. And you know, a, a couple of things about him possibly being a gambler. But the the the, the information into who he was as a person is, is really still unfolding. Now, we don't have any information as whether those were explosive devices. I have not heard. It's just a suspicion of explosive devices. You figure by now they would have told us. Well, I did hear them yesterday. The The police chief, uh, Luna, uh, Chief uh, um, Robert Luna of the Long Beach Police Chief, said that the county bomb squad was called when they found suspicious devices, but those devices his words were rendered uh, safe so there were two suspicious devices found right we don't know yet whether uh they were or were not and and maybe we'll never know because they tend to blow these things up anyway they take them out in the field and then explode them out so you really uh don't know now uh they uh has um uh has uh, thomas kim uh been charged with lying in wait on the murder charge because that is an enhanced charge that is now a capital crime they can go for the death penalty on that one right we're still at the booked stage so the charges will have to come from the da and and as yet we haven't heard that so they are they've they've passed the charges or or, or forwarded the charges onto the da of murder two counts of attempted murder and arson but you're right yeah if they were if they were to find out that this was an ambush situation these would be enhanced charges if if the da decides that was appropriate any idea as to what the weapon was that was used to kill uh, the fireman? It was a revolver. They did find that in his room. Um, it looked they it looked like a revolver looked. Uh, so they do have that in their possession. Yes. All right, I'm trying to figure out the the physical aspect of this. Was he in his room and then the fire department broke down the door? Uh, was it in the hallway that he was shot? Do we have any information on that? That's that's the uh, we, we kept hearing part of the investigation is because they're trying to figure out the timeline. I mean, here you have a captain, which says a lot about this man who, who's still, you know, helping clear a building. 
and, and you know he's been with the department 17 years he's in on the action instead of like outside in his his truck directing traffic so we're not really being told as to where where if he was the first one through the door or if there was a reason to come kicking down the floor door we do know the fire was out when the shots rang some 20 minutes after they got there so it's it's still unclear on this timeline and that's what we're hoping to find out some information today or as these details unfold all right corbin thank you all right uh, coming up uh the civility and politics story uh, and that is the attack on Trump members, uh, the Trumpists, the people who actually work for Donald Trump, the administration, how they're being uh, confronted restaurants uh, in it's I actually I think it's all restaurants in this case. And uh, I want to say something about that, because not only the Democrats are playing into the hands of uh, the folks that follow Donald Trump, uh, but there's an answer. How do you get out of that? How do you take that and use it to your advantage? And history tells us how to do that. And I want to share that when we come back. This is KFI. All right. Handle here on a Tuesday morning, uh, June 26th with the uh, morning crew. All right. Stories that just broke. So I'm going to move the civility story in politics for a little bit later on. And that's a very important story that's coming down today and uh, my answer to it and what the democrats should do and i think it's an easy one uh you'll i think you'll agree with me in about two seconds now uh news just broke as reported by uh, jennifer jones lee two supreme court uh, decisions have just been handed down one is the weirdest one i have seen in a long time and we're and this is just brand new so we're getting uh, just the preliminary news now usually When we get a Supreme Court decision, it is a decision. Well, this is the most non-decision decision I have seen in a long time. And this is the California law that's been passed that mandates religiously based pregnancy centers, counseling centers, to give information about state-funded abortion services. In other words, here you are, or here they are, a Christian-based counseling center, uh, a pregnant young lady comes in, and uh, she is told, here's what you can do. Mainly give the child up for adoption, pray about it, and uh, this is these are the plans. And then give you adoption services, and you've got homes where you can go, uh, foster care to have the pregnancy and the support, et cetera. Well, the California's law says, in addition to that, you have to tell those young women about abortion services and where to get the abortions as part of your counseling. Well, obviously, they fought it like crazy and took it up. And the California Supreme Court, which is a little unusual because it's a, in this case, because it's a pretty liberal uh, court. Uh, oh, that's, I'm sorry. This is uh, the U.S. Supreme Court that made the decision. I take that back for a moment, which is not a particularly liberal, liberal court. It's five to four in a decision, just like you would think. And... The court said that that law, California law, that required religiously affiliated pregnancy centers to inform clients about the availability of state-funded services for terminating a pregnancy, abortion, that that law is probably unconstitutional. Huh? What is it? Probably? Sort of? Kind of? We really haven't figured it out yet? Maybe it is. Maybe it's not. 
It's a Supreme Court decision. Uh, that's a weird one. The other big one, and as a story comes down, and it just happened, so I'm just starting to read it and I haven't had much time, and that is uh, the Supreme Court upholds President Trump's travel ban against majority Muslim countries. This is no surprise, because after the Supreme Court ruled and after various courts ruled that the Muslim ban uh, was unconstitutional due to the fact that it appeared that it was based on religion, anti-Muslim sentiments. And that was the basis of the law, because look at all of the countries. They were all Muslim countries initially. And uh, the fact that the president had talked about all Muslims being terrorists during his campaign, you put all that together, uh, yeah, you've got a problem. So the president switches it around and says, let's add Venezuela to uh, that list. Well, that changed everything because he can argue. And then and then the way it was also approached, what they did is simply take the law and change it up or take the procedure, change it up enough to where the court said, okay, based on your new interpretation or the new law that you had passed, the new policy, that's enough to now make the constitutional decisions go the other way. And why is that? Because... Uh, the way courts work is they give tremendous deference to the executive branch. And it takes a huge amount to overturn that. And if there is any basis for the president or the governor or an administrative agency, any reasonable basis to make a decision, the courts will give that the administration or the agency's tremendous leeway and saying we're going to leave that alone. Even if we disagree with that, we are not going to make a decision that overrides that unless you have true constitutional issues. The Muslim ban uh, ban, uh, initially was a true constitutional issue. There was too uh, too much of an argument saying this is just anti-Muslim. Okay, we've changed it. That's enough. It's like the... um, 1972, Supreme Court overturned the death penalty all over the United States, Foreman versus Georgia, because uh, the death penalty was being applied unfairly. Blacks were being held to a different standard. And the way juries were comprised uh, were held to a standard that the court deemed unconstitutional. So you know what? Every state just turned around and changed it. Said, okay. We'll make the changes pursuant to what the Supreme Court wants, and they did. And guess what? It's perfectly legal to kill someone now because the changes are made. Now, every state has a different interpretation because the death penalty is a state issue. But it just changes up what the court wants, and that's exactly what happened here. All right. Thank you for changing it up. We are not going to now we are going to uphold the ban. And, of course, uh, it was uh, five to four. I haven't even read the entire, uh, I haven't even read the article. But I'm willing to bet that every liberal voted liberal, every conservative voted conservative, and then the swing vote usually is Kennedy. And I have to read, uh, he obviously had to uh, go the other way. Yep. It was Roberts, Kennedy, Gorsuch, Alito, and Thomas voted in favor of the travel ban. Yeah, you knew that four of them, it's just Kennedy that goes back and forth. And, of course, if he retires... 
Well, even if uh, the, the closest person going to retire is uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who is now, what, 120, 125 years of age? And she looks it. She's an old 125 years. All right. Coming up, do we do the civilian? here and it is a Tuesday and a lot going on the Long Beach shooting we talked to Corbin Carson this morning there'll be more the Pawnee fire is still happening and it is I think it stopped growing uh, and it's starting to get under control which is very good news tactical Tuesdays coming up at eight o'clock and we even have a story with Dr. Jim uh, marijuana and opiates which is a great combination to feel really good and not have to worry Right? Right. You don't have to worry about addiction because you're too high. Okay. Okay, maybe I don't have it completely right. All right, civility in politics. Boy, it has reached a whole new level. And uh, what's been going on, just the last few instances, is uh, you had, um, of course, uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders at the Red Hen restaurant. And uh, she was uh, heckled. Matter of fact, she had to leave. Uh, the uh, owner said, get out. She wasn't heckled. Uh, that was uh, the other two. Uh, and that was uh, Kristen Nielsen, Homeland Security, at a Mexican restaurant. She was forced to leave. Uh, Pam Bondi, uh, Attorney General of uh, Florida. Uh, she was booed out of a movie theater watching Mr. Rogers' movie, Won't You Be My Neighbor? I mean, how is that for irony? It doesn't get better than that. And Sarah Huckabee Sanders uh, politely leaves, and of course, uh, it the whole thing had blown up. Add to that Maxine Waters, representative from, uh, I think, South Central L.A., uh, doing her thing, saying to uh, her supporters, to Democrats, whenever you see anybody from the Trump administration, you harass them. You stop them, you let them know, you stop them from eating at restaurants, you stop them at movie theaters, you harass them at department stores. And then she later on said, well, I didn't say to hurt them. I said just to harass them. And uh, as I've told you before, what a piece of work she is because during the riots uh, after the Rodney King issue here in Southern California, she was the, the one screaming no justice, no peace as South Central was burning Instead of to try to calm everybody down, just screaming, no justice, no peace. Very shrilly, I might add. And, oh, but I didn't tell people to burn the place down. So, uh, what has happened? Well, first of all, it's a given that Donald Trump takes the low road. We know that. Anybody who attacks Donald Trump, uh, anybody who criticizes Donald Trump is immediately attacked on a personal level. He just started attacking the uh, talk show hosts. Uh, everybody's a low life who doesn't agree with him. Very low IQ, uh, doesn't understand. We'll lose the next election. Uh, the Red Hen restaurant uh, that asked Sarah Huckabee Sanders to leave, and that was an idiot move by the owner of the restaurant, who said she would do it again. So there's no apology there. And uh, he attacks the restaurant. It's filthy. It's uh, dirty. Look at the canopies. Look at the winners. Uh, look at the windows. The President of the United States attacking a restaurant? I mean, come on. Really? So what has happened? 
what has happened is you have a president and you have those immediately around the president that take the low, low road every single time they can. This president is mean-spirited. He is vile to people. He takes his position as president and uses it for personal attacks. Now, keep in mind, these are verbal attacks. Did he do anything to shut down the restaurant? No. Has he called for any jurisdiction? Did he call, for example, uh, the Board of Health in that jurisdiction and say harass them? No. He just talks. And he explodes, and he's simply the thinnest-skinned person out there, and he's the president, which is hilarious. I mean, attacks individuals. Can you imagine any other president where something uh, untoward has happened in a restaurant where a member of the administration is asked to leave, and uh, I, I could see a president saying, this is inappropriate, this shouldn't happen, this is America, but attacking the restaurant. The windows are filthy. You're probably going to get tomain poisoning, although he didn't say that. But personal attacks make uh, absolutely no sense. And Sarah uh, Sanders said something which truly resonated, and that is we can have disagreements, but we have to be civil. You can't do this. And she's absolutely right. You can't do this. Not in, in America. Matter of fact, not any place. Now, in certain parts of the world, uh, you criticize the leader, and of course you get blown up, or uh, you get shot. That doesn't quite happen here, because again, the president isn't doing anything. He is saying, he is talking, whereas these people who harassed Bondi and Nielsen and Sanders were doing something. They physically accosted those folks. The people that stop them from eating, stopping from going to a movie, hounding them out of restaurants. I mean, that's crazy. So I didn't get to this, so I'm going to get to the point right now when we come back. And that is, is there an answer and why the Democrats are playing right into Donald Trump and his followers' hands? Couldn't be better from them. The more they're attacked, the better it is. And I'll explain how history has taught us it's the worst thing that the Democrats can do. Be right back with that. This is KFI. Let's check it out. KFI Handle here on a Tuesday, June 26th. All right. I want to continue on uh, in this segment talking about the civility in politics in light of Uh, The various uh, members of the Trump administration getting nailed by people, restaurants, movie theaters, being attacked, and uh, Maxine Waters uh, literally screaming, attack them more. Uh, Not physically, but stop them from going to restaurants, stop them from going to department stores, stop them from going into movie theaters and do what you can to, uh, to shout them down and make their lives miserable. So, as of right now... The high road is anybody other than Donald Trump. He takes the low road. The issue here, let me turn it into politics for a moment. Uh, Everybody goes with the Democrats and the Republicans to either the independents. Because the independents are the ones that control elections. 
The far left is always going to vote far left. The far right is always going to vote far right. It doesn't matter. Trump followers, doesn't matter what he does, what he says. Matter of fact, the more rotten he is, the more, he, the more they like him. So let's look at history. Okay, what works? What, what has worked? And I'm going to compare it to establishing countries and civil rights. If it weren't Martin Luther King and his philosophy... Uh, what, what would happen to civil rights? If you had the uh, black activists, right? You had the Black Panthers, for example, and they viewed it as a straight revolution. The fight, you think civil rights, it would have happened, but you think it would have taken a lot longer? I do. And it was Martin Luther King who took the high road, saying we are not going to go to that level. We are going to show people that not only are we better than that, but ours is the way of the future. What happened in India with Mahatma, uh, Mahatma Gandhi? Same thing. And now modern day. And this is the Israelis and the Palestinians. And I once had a conversation with uh, a Palestinian supporter who says Israel, of course, is the occupiers. And I'm going to make a connection here between what's happening with Trump and what could happen with Israel and Palestinians. And that is... If the Palestinians took a Martin Luther King role, if they followed Mahatma Gandhi, what would happen is Israel would be shamed into recognizing Palestine. Shamed into it. Why? Because of the high road and the low road. But when it's an attack, when you have the Palestinians, for example, on the attack, then nothing happens then polarization happens on an entire new level. So I remember talking to this Palestinian supporter. and he's like, Oh, Israel is horrible. It's terrible. I go, what, what happens if it wasn't uh, Yasser Arafat and it was a Mahatma Gandhi? Where do you think he would have gone? And that's the same question I'm asking now with Donald Trump and the, the Trump supporters screaming at people and stopping them from going to movies, falling right into place. You know what? Stay the underdogs. Stay civil. Because what happens when people are civil and other people are deranged dogs? You know, foaming, rabid dogs. Well, the independents independents look at this and they say, do we really want this kind of leadership? Is this the person we want to lead the country? Because why was Hillary... Why did Hillary lose? Because people hated her individually, hated her. So imagine you have a reasonably well-liked person running on the Democratic side and supporters taking the high road and refusing to do what the other side does. What do you think happens? Where do you think the independents go? Then what happens is the Trump followers and the Trump administration, uh, what they do is become the attackers. And who likes attack dogs? Who believes in that? You've got someone who's a bully. Who likes bullies? And so the entire philosophy would change and does change. But nope. We've now hit the level where the Maxine Waters of the world, uh, you've got uh, staunch Democrats that are going to hit, uh, and they're going to go to the same level 
The polarization continues and there is no movement. I would like the Democrats simply to be smarter than that. And you can do it. Follow what works. Now, what works, of course, is the Kim Jong-ils uh, of this world and other dictators. But that takes the takeover of an entire country and you kill people. So you can't go there in America. But you can certainly change the minds of the independents because they control the votes. The independents are the ones who truly elect congresspeople, senators, and certainly the president and the vice president. And you piss them off, and all of a sudden, they're voting the other way. Hillary Clinton pissed them off. Just hated her. So get someone who you don't hate. And be civil about it. And let Trump and the Republicans go crazy. Let Giuliani and Hannity become the attack dogs. Laura Ingram. Let them just arbitrarily ad hominem attacks. That is disgusting. That is horrible. Even if I agreed with Donald Trump, and in many cases I do in terms of his political agenda, I hate this guy. Why? Because he is vile, he is cruel, he attacks innocent people. That's why. He's a bully. And who likes bullies? Not many people. All right, coming up, Brian Suits, Tactical Tuesday. And uh, oh, we have a fair amount to talk about there. KFI AM 640. You've come to fight as three men. And three men you are. Pack your bags, fellas. War's over. Oh, that's brilliant, Bumpkin. Because we'll put a boot in your ass. It's the American way. Handle here in the morning crew on a uh, Tuesday, June 26th. Uh, big stories that we're covering. Supreme Court, of course, ruling in two massive cases. One, the travel ban. The other one, the abortion message. And that sort of changes everything, especially here in California. And so there's much to talk about this morning. In the meantime... Uh, right about this time every week, it's uh, Brian Suits. It's Tactical Tuesday. And uh, Brian, uh, who's heard uh, every Saturday from uh, 10 to midnight, Sunday from 8 to 10 right here on KFI. So, good morning, Brian. Happy and- birthday to Chesty Puller, oh, the most marinist marine of all right. marines. Yes. 120 years ago, Chesty Puller. Uh, what, World, World War I? Born. Oh, I thought he was World War Two. Oh, he was. Okay. We're, we're whiskey, whiskey one, and whiskey, whiskey deuce. And the and the big K. He did all three? Oh, yeah. He was the guy in Korea. When the Chinese surrounded the Marines at the Chosin Reservoir, they, he said, finally, they can't get away man, from us. How many people know who Chesty Puller is out there? The important thing is the people who know, they know. Mm. And if they don't, that they don't. They're crappy Americans. Okay, there you are. Bottom all line, right. You're an S-E American if you don't know who Chesty Puller is. Fair, fair enough. Now. Uh, let's get to a bunch of topics. And one of the biggest stories I want to cover is what's happening in uh, the Mideast. And uh, you know, as we start with, uh, everybody knows I'm biased for not only... That's racist. Yeah, absolutely. Not only am I biased for obvious reasons, but on, on a moral issue. But you're saying that all... So you're saying all Jews or just yous? Just you? And you're biased because you're Jewish? Uh, yes. That's okay. one. But, there are, you know, there are plenty of Jews out there that are pro-Palestinian. I know it's weird. It is. Like my agent. Your agent is Jewish and he's pro-Palestinian? Yours, too. 
Yeah. Uh, no, not mine. Really? Yeah. I thought you were with... Uh... No, oh. I'm not. Okay. Uh, let's. Why don't we just move on and talk about what's going on in the Middle East? Because there are some changes. Things Bill, you wouldn't expect. Here's what's going on. When your foe has nuclear weapons and F-16s and Apache helicopters, what do you do? You send kids... Well, a month ago, you ran at the border and you were shot at by the Israeli Defense Forces, because as it turns out, it's an international border, and they view that as an invasion. Right. So the media didn't exactly rush to the Palestinian side when it turns out that most of those guys were Hamas. Most of the dead were Hamas. And then they also, like I told you on your very show here, the reason that tactic didn't work was because Hamas ran out of money for the death benefits for the guys who were killed by the Israelis. So that thing ended within about 72 hours. So you know what's going on now is little boys are flying kites. That's what they've fallen back on. When I say little boys, I mean 25-year-old men are flying kites with incendiary devices for tails, you know, providing ballast. And at about 1,000 meters of fishing line, they cut the line and they let the kite land in Israel. The count so far is about 15,000 acres of farmland uh, and forest, eucalyptus. And there, you've been to Israel. There's mm-hmm. actual forest there. There's mm-hmm. eucalyptus. Uh, you know, it looks like Moore Park, right? Yeah. And... Um, and so they, they're burning Israel. The Israelis have every right in the world in the interest of self-defense to shoot back at people that are flying incendiary kites. No, no they, no, they don't because it's proportional. Uh, yeah. So one kite, then they have to have kites. So it's uh, kite to kite. And uh, all the bullets, since the uh, Palestinians don't have bullets, and certainly the Israelis shouldn't use bullets. No, and also the wind blows, because Gaza is on the Mediterranean coast. Uh, The wind blows predominantly from sea uh, inland. So the Israelis can't match it kite for kite. You know, there's a kite gap. So the Israelis are are between the devil and the the deep blue sea on this one, uh, because there's literally, there's nothing they can do to retaliate. Because the Palestinians have discovered the perfect asymmetric warfare. Whenever the Israelis look like they're going to snipe at a kite flyer, they put a kid on the kite. Or usually an adult lights the incendiary device and a kid is sitting there flying yeah. the freaking kite. Right. What it, if your neighbor was doing that at, at your house? I know you you live so far away from your neighbors that uh, no kite could reach your land. But if they did, I'm just saying if they did, uh, you'd call the police. Pretty much. So is there a defense to that? You would think the Israelis would I know what be I able would do. to, uh, well, other than shooting at these kids, which is, uh, let, let's say in terms of optics, not so good. Uh, is there a defense? Have they figured out? If anybody can figure it out, the Israelis can. Oh, because they're just so clever. Well, yeah. That's true. Um, well, the deal is they're trying drones. They're trying to cut the lines with drones. The problem, and, and luckily, though, <laughs> for, for them, there's a burnt zone. There, you, know, you can't do much damage if you cut the kite down before it gets, you know, a mile of string or whatever. But but uh, th- this is causing a lot of consternation in Israel because the, the Palestinians have discovered this perfect thing. But th- but if you haven't seen it on TV, then they're not winning. Uh, and, and the only time you see it on TV, because the only thing that Hamas produces are corpses. And so because the Israelis are not giving them what they want and shooting back, they're just absorbing the fires and just putting out the fires. All right. Everyone agrees. That's the only tactic is suck it up. Now, when I come when we come back, I want to talk about the politics of the Mideast in terms of what the Arab countries are doing in the Mideast relative to the Palestinians. Yeah. And I my here's my my quiz for you and listeners. There's a large nation with street demonstrations right now in their capital city and the crowds are chanting death Palestine. 
So see if you can guess who that is. Here's a big clue. Canada. They're chanting in Farsi. Beverly Hills. Yes, certainly. We'll be right back uh, with uh, Brian Suits, KFI. KFI handle here on a Tuesday. Brian Suits, uh, Saturday and Sunday here on KFI. Saturday, 10 to midnight. Sunday, 8 to 10 with the Dark Secret Place on Saturday. and have no idea what the hell you call the Sunday show. The number one show in Los Angeles. That's what we call it. Okay, very, very well said. So it doesn't have a name other than the number one Super show. Super Hyper Local Sunday. Oh, there you go. The place where news breaks. Uh, there you are. How much news breaks on a Sunday night? You would be shocked. I've Everything you talk about on Monday morning, I, I did it, was funnier in real time on Sunday night. Who are you talking about? What? No. All right. Uh, we were, let's go back to what is uh, going on in, and we're guessing now, uh, the demonstrations in that Farsi-speaking country, and as you pointed out, it's not Beverly Hills. Iran! Uh, Islamic Republic of Iran. So why are, and you're talking about demonstrations against Palestine, not death to uh, well, America. Well, it's against the, 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 the Ayatollahs right now. The economy's in the crapper. I mean, believe it or not, even after $158 billion of their own money coming back, none of it trickled down to the Iranian people. They're in the streets right now. The riot police are tear-gassing them and shooting them. But one other chance besides... Down with the Ayatollahs, the Yakuns, uh, is death to Palestine. Not inconvenience and not blackouts or bad cable, but death to Palestine. Just like they used to normally chant death to Israel, death to America. They're saying death to Palestine uh, because uh, Iran funnels between 60 and 80 million bucks per month to Hamas. Uh, and this is stuff in, in the Iranian people used to have a lot of staples subsidized. Um, cooking oil, flour, and gasoline for their cars, which, you know, uh, complaining about paying 30 cents versus 10 cents per gallon or per liter, you know, is a little over our heads. But but the, the Iranian people are in the streets and they're really pissed off because of the excesses of the people in charge of them. Uh, also because of the fact that the Iran, the, the, the Iran's about to sign a gigantic arms deal with Iran. And they, they have... There, there's no like logical rivals that, hey, to so the Iranian people that, that what that happens that. what happens to Hamas so let's say if it's 80 billion dollars or 80 million dollars a month uh you're now talking a billion dollars so what happens if that's cut off just, the, cut, just the, cut off Europeans have to write bigger checks that's who funds Hamas is the the barely concealed anti-semitism that exists so from France to Italy it goes to Hamas in the form of uh, donations so does that continue on is that made up yes. by Europe yeah it is because the Israelis are like the Romans you know they're portrayed as the enemy and the whole thing and and they're and, and the the Israelis uh, were one of the original partners on the f-35 fighter they just received theirs a couple months ago and they've already been in combat and there's a lot of Europeans saying, uh, this is yet another reason why we shouldn't be uh, allied with the United States because they're arming Israel with their latest weapons. And what good's a stealth fighter against a Palestinian boy? That's, they're, they're actually saying that in the European Parliament. All right, so let's talk about that F-35, uh, and that is uh, the sale to Turkey. Uh, it's still a NATO country. They they signed up for 100 F-35s at $100 million a pop. Um, their money is as good as anyone's, apparently, and they are still a NATO ally, even though Erdogan... Sunday night, they're counting the votes. He's going to be president for life. It's not very NATO-like. But NATO is not about democracy. It's about a military alliance. So the, 
the Turks on, on one hand are now, are now in possession. As of last Wednesday, they took possession of their first two F-35s at Fort Worth, Texas. They're now in possession of our most cutting-edge stealth technology, period, final, right? They're also, they've also signed a deal with Putin to buy Russia's most advanced air defense system, the S-400. The Russians have no intention of selling them the actual fully mission-capable system because they know that Americans are going to get our hands on it because, because it's a NATO nation. Uh, however, we don't have any such controls about Turkey and the F-35. Probably before the engines cooled down. Russian techs were all over the F-35 uh, in Turkey probably right. by Friday night. So what does that do tactically for us? We, we don't, we even, don't know even yet. Surge, even strategically, the politics of Turkey and how are we at any kind of risk? We, we have to assume that the F-35's most classified systems are going to be compromised by the end of this year uh, and that we're not going to find out until the Russian countermeasure, which they're very, very, very good at coming up with. Uh, until we see a Russian countermeasure, the one Achilles, the difference between now and 1988 is that in 1988 the Russians hid their countermeasures. These days they sell them. So, so don't be surprised if the Russians within a couple of years yeah. are, are saying, "Hey, so, who's going to be on the other end of F-35?" I remember maybe it was 20 years ago uh, when there was such a huge outcry when the United, sell, uh, United States sold AWACS to Saudi Arabia, yeah. and that exploded politically. And now no one even cares anymore, do they? No, 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 no. And and we don't, you know, the the Saudis are in the middle of a fairly brutal war in Yemen. We're not only continuing to provide them the weapons to do it, but we're also giving them material assistance in the form of uh, real-time intelligence and, and things like that. Because, and, and I guess this is, I guess, my, if people are unaware of this, we've been at war with Iran for three years, three or four years now. And it's a hot war in Yemen. It's also a hot war in Syria. But we've been at war with Iran, and they've been at war with us. And it's all proxy fighting. Yeah. Or is it actual Or truth? is it? Huh? In Yemen, French special forces are on the ground, and they're killing Iranians uh, in Yemen. What a mess. So we killed Iranians in Najaf in 2004. All right. Uh, Brian. Right, and they killed us. Uh, yeah. Uh, the world's in a great place, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. After the United Nations uh, was formed in 1945, we'll never have these kind of conflicts again. All right. Brian Suits, uh, Saturday and Sunday right here on KFI. Woot. Thank you. Bye. Uh, coming up, handle on the news late edition. In the meantime, a news break with uh, Jennifer Jones. Handle on the news. Late edition. Handle on the news. A bill that stands against everything that America represents. Here's Bill Handel. KFI Handle here on a uh, June 26 Tuesday. And uh, so many stories that we are covering, uh, covering the Harley Davidson story, which we're going to be doing at nine o'clock. And the president is now really pissed off at Harley Davidson. Uh, the Long Beach shooting, some more information that has come down this morning with that one. And the Pawnee fire uh, looks like it is slowing down dramatically. All right, let's do it. Handle on the news, late edition. Jennifer Jones Lee. Wayne is not here. Rich Murata. Rick Murata is. <laughs> Filling in for the rest of the week. Sounds younger. You know when I was when I was a kid, Ricky? my name was Ricky. That's was right. it really? It was Ricky. You don't seem like a Ricky. I was. My cousins in Texas still call me Ricky. Well, yeah. When <laughs> when you grow up doing that, I've got family members who call me William. But uh, oof. Anybody Williams. call you Wolf? One one person. Who? Sable, my best friend, calls me Willie Wolf. Willie Wolf. Willie <laughs> Wolf. And that just 
nobody. Willie is when someone dies when they call me Willie. I'm not a Willie. I'm not a Billy. <laughs> Your kids want to see the Willie. Oh, no. Bunch of croak. Yeah, well, no. My kids, there was a, a real struggle I had. My kids wanted to call me Bill. Because Your I called, daughters wanted uh, yeah, to call you Bill? I called my parents by their first name, and they saw that. When they were little ones, I'd call uh, my mother, her first name, Nahama, and my dad, Leo. And so they turned around and said, we want to call you Bill. Not a chance. <laughs> Not a chance. But Dad. What was your reasoning? But you did it. Why? And uh, here was my reasoning. There are two people on this planet, to my knowledge, who can call me Dad. And uh, don't take that away from me. That was my reasoning. Wow. Uh, see? Oh. Does that work? Wow. All right. A moment of seriousness in all of this frivolity. Who yeah. is this? Yes. Uh, lead story. All right. Two decisions by uh, the U.S. Supreme Court. One relating to California. The California law that's in place required anti-abortion pregnancy centers to tell patients about the availability of state-funded family planning services. Uh, Court said, nope, Uh, it likely violated the First Amendment, uh, freedom of religion, that Christian-based pregnancy centers cannot be forced to say, and here's an abortion alternative you have, and here's where you get it. And so uh, the court said, no, uh, it probably violates. I love that What would be so terrible about that, I'm saying that? What, the freedom of religion? No, just say, you know, that... uh... And here's an abortion. Because it's against their religious beliefs. These are Christian-based organizations. Uh And I was in total, I love the law uh, because I think people should uh, know uh, about abortion. If If I had my druthers, I'd put an abortion clinic inside one of those centers. Ignore that sign over there. Don't go through that door. Uh, But uh, the court said it's probably unconstitutional as opposed to it is unconstitutional. I just I just a little strange. Does this leave any wiggle room? Is that why they put that? No, 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 it leaves no wiggle room. The decision is that they can go forward. It's that simple. It's just it probably I don't I don't get that. So the score was what in the five to four exactly the way it came down. Kennedy being the swing vote. Absolutely. Is Kennedy really a swing vote? He really is a swing vote. It looks to me like he's starting to swing. In many cases. I mean, he is. Kennedy is truly a swinger. Okay. (laughs) So the other Supreme Court decision this morning upheld the president's travel ban. Yep. And the reason that worked is this is the third go round of the White House tweaking the travel ban to the point where it finally passed constitutional muster. And uh, that's what, what was ha- the difference? Oh, the difference is added a non-Muslim country. Mm-hmm. Uh, for one thing, expanded uh, the countries out there, added Chad and then took it away. And a few other countries that uh, could not be argued was that could not be argued were there just because they were Muslim countries uh, where it went across the board. And all of a sudden national security, uh, security extended to those countries. And uh, that was enough. And what was the score on this one? Five, Five to four. Five to four. Kennedy being the swinger vote. <laughs> yeah, he's swinging a busy, right. He's a bu- he's a busy guy. Let me tell you something, and it's it's repeated many times, but again here in an election year, elections have consequences, especially presidential elections. Oh yeah, who are going to appoint well, Supreme Court justices because this ruling that you gave earlier about the abortion, it, had Hillary Clinton been uh, elected president, this ruling does not go this way oh, you in the Supreme Court today. Yeah, you wouldn't have seen Gorsuch 
uh, being uh, nominated. Right. You simply wouldn't have. You probably you wouldn't have seen a left winger being nominated. No, that but would, a guy like Merrick Garland, for example, probably, who was a moderate. He yeah, was like right you probably, in the middle. You would have seen him. Then he becomes a swing vote. Yeah. So you have two swing two votes, two swingers <laughs> with each other. Probably not, because that's another allegation. We've got more information now on the death of that 10-year-old from Lancaster last week. The L.A. Times is reporting that Anthony Avalos came out as gay in recent weeks. And also, one other detail that we're just learning is that the mom and the boyfriend who lived in the house, apparently the boyfriend, is allegedly a member of the MS-13 gang. Yeah, it's lovely. And uh, so we're going to, so Gabriel Fernandez, all over again, uh, the fear or the reaction to this kid being gay. Although, how does an eight-year-old kid? Yeah. Uh, how do you determine an eight-year-old well, kid? Or an, even who a ten- comes out as gay? Yeah, even a ten-year-old uh, coming out, or uh, maybe having feelings. I mean, at ten or even eight, um, you se- you you do develop feelings for either your sex or the other really? sex. Yeah, you don't T- declare yourself as gay because you really don't understand gay versus not gay. But you can tell. Oh, I was terribly boy crazy. Like yeah, at that exactly. age. Oh my gosh! Absolutely. And I and for, and I played with dolls, <laughs> as but, opposed to fire trucks. Really? Yeah. Wow. And and dressed in tutus, because that's where I wanted to go. I understand so, you still dress in tutus in many cases. So anyway, uh, there are in the the problem here is that the authorities had told uh, uh, social services sixteen times. Yep. And they still return uh, this little kid to uh, the mother. It's crazy. And Someone's it, going down on this one. And at least in those 16 calls, 13 of those 16, Anthony, the boy, was specifically named as being the one who was being abused. Lovely. All right, let's take a break, come back, uh, talk a little bit about uh, the Pawnee Fire and get through as many of these stories as we can. Jennifer Jones. here and uh, the morning crew more handle on well the big story of course that came out is uh, the Supreme Court just issued their two decisions uh, the California law requiring religious pregnancy centers to inform clients about uh, abortion gone the law is gone also the travel ban has been upheld the third go round of the Trump travel ban has now been upheld okay Let's do it as we finish Handle on the News Late Edition. Jennifer Jones-Lee and Rich Murata in for Wayne this week and me. And now an update on the Pawnee Fire. The things we lost in the fire, fire, fire. So it's burned 10,500 acres so far, but it's just 5% contained. However, it appears to be burning in a direction now that is away from any place that's populated. Which is good news for sure. The California Senate has welcomed the new Orange County Republican who voters chose after they recalled Josh Newman. Hit the road. Yep. And Josh Newman lost big time. He had voted for the gas tax. He was the most vulnerable Democrat that was up for re-election. Or no, he was the most vulnerable Democrat, period. And the recall uh, went ahead and uh, just... He's done. 58 to 42. And the new senator is uh, Senator Ling Ling Chang, or Chung, and and she happens to be a panda. Did you know that? I wasn't aware. Yeah. Is that right? No. I think that this uh, this gas tax is going to be a big issue, and I think Republicans are going to run on this gas tax issue. Oh, and, yeah. And, and, they're, and, 
and uh, they're going to win. And the gas tax will be repealed. When it's something that's as big as hundreds of dollars, up to like $700. Oh, yeah. That makes a big difference I, to people. Also, it's something that uh, is doesn't affect you. I mean, the, the gas tax and what it's supposed to do uh, does not really affect you unless a bridge falls on you. <laughs> then you become a big fan of the gas tax. But if it doesn't, eh, we're used to it. You repeal it. Don't scream about the, you know, our crumbling infrastructure after that. Oh, speaking of screaming, I think there are going to be quite a few people who plan on doing that when the Attorney General visits Los Angeles today. We got to fight the power, baby. Fight the power. U.S. Attorney General Jeff Sessions is going to be here today. He's speaking later this afternoon at a luncheon, but this morning... He's visiting the federal courthouse, and that is where a whole bunch of protesters yeah. are expected to be to protest his stance on immigration. Yeah, very weird uh, stance. Uh, zero tolerance continues uh, the separation of children uh, from their parents. As of last week, there was no choice because that's the law, and it turned out that it wasn't the law. It was a settlement that uh, clearly can be undone, or uh, there can be a policy that says we're not separating just following the law, you can still uh, not have to separate. So he's come back and said, we're still zero tolerance. And now we put our, uh, now we're going to make sure there's no separation. This is a cluster truck of uh, the first order. The president keeps. And I really don't mean truck, you know. I thought you did. No. Okay. The president keeps complaining the U.S. is hiring thousands of immigration judges. Well, maybe not thousands. The way you Yeah. Actually, uh, they're hiring a few more yeah. to deal with it, and they have, they should hire uh, certainly several hundred more in the hundreds. So what's the purpose of this hyperbole, to say that we don't need all of the thousands of judges, we just need to uh, Get them out. tell yeah. them to go home? Yeah, we don't, because the answer, one of the answers is we hire more judges to speed up the process of the hearings in front of immigration justices. We don't need that, just throw them out. And uh, we're hiring thousands, which we're not, for the wrong purpose. Instead of throwing out illegal aliens, we're now hiring thousands of judges to put them through the process. In other words, give them a chance to stay. Well, he's wrong, certainly, on the thousands, but it's all hyperbole. Again, he talks, has he ordered uh, a reduction of judges? No. No. 95% of what the president says is pure bluster. He just says stuff. He just says stuff. Yeah, he's a, a sayer of stuff. How's that for analysis? That was really good. <laughs> well, the president uh, says, yeah, Harley, go ahead. You move on overseas if you want, but if you move, watch it. Yeah. Got to feel the heat. And here's another one where the president is, uh, he's gone off the rails on this. And his thinking uh, makes absolutely no sense. Uh, and here's something he actually did do is the tariffs. And that's a little complicated. There are so many moving pieces on the tariffs business, of which uh, it's very rare. But I, I'm actually thinking there's a, a, a very good rationale for what he did. Uh, he's simply now no longer just caving in. And I'll talk about that coming up uh, at 9 o'clock. Toys R Us is, however, caving in. I don't want oh, no. Yeah, they're done. This is oh. it. Final 200 stores for Toys R Us are closing this Friday. Why? Kids still play with toys? This Everybody's, was the best. They're buying them online, though. Yeah. Getting them on Amazon, 
going to the Walmarts of the world. Not going to Toys R Us anymore. Yeah. And now, who's going to win on this one? Uh, it is uh, a couple of other retailers. Party City. Yeah, they're going to win. Uh, Toys R Us uh, really in a lot of problems, a lot of debt load uh, once they were taken private by KKR, huge uh, investment firm, Venture Capitals. Uh, Bain Capital, the very people that bought uh, iHeartMedia. Did you know that? That was a good move. Oh, about them. Yeah, that was a good move. Well, okay. Party City, yeah, is one of the things. And also KB Toys is plotting a bit of a comeback now yeah, that we'll, Toys R Us is out. And we'll see what happens. There's a big hole right now, but uh, we'll see if the internet doesn't kill them too. Amazon, you're a Prime member handle. You, you can, bet I am. You can get uh, cheaper food now at Whole Foods. Yeah. It's getting real in Which, the Whole Foods. I was there the other day across the street. They the just opened. Yeah, they just, o- they just opened. The prices now are reasonable. I mean, they used to be crazy. They used to call, used to call it, of course, Whole Paycheck. Right. And uh, now <laughs> I, I go there and uh, there are many reasonably uh, priced items. And this is because of Amazon? Yeah. Yeah. Strictly because of Amazon. And then you get... Some deals that'll change weekly, but some of the deals you can save additional costs if you are an Amazon Prime member. Yeah, and, and what, I and I am. Does that cost money to be a Prime member? One hundred and nineteen bucks oh. a, a year. year, but it also gives you Amazon oh Prime Television, which has some great shows and free shipping on stuff. That's yes. Prime. Uh, if you, we think it's the biggest bargain in the world. Uh, Marjorie. It shops like crazy on the internet. We get box after box after box. I don't even I do know. Too. It's just the UPS truck comes and half the truck is stuff that's coming into our house. Drives me completely crazy. Okay, guys, we're done. All right, the Harley Davidson story, and it's a big one. It is a big one, and I'm going to share that with you as soon as we come back. KFI AM 640. Gonna do what I do. On a uh, Tuesday morning, uh, big stories recovering. Huge story with SCOTUS. Uh, two decisions came down. One affecting us, a California law that required religious-affiliated pregnancy centers to inform clients about the availability of state-funded abortion. That law is gone. Supreme Court said that it is, in fact, a violation of freedom of religion. And also, uh, the travel ban has been upheld. Third go-round for the president. Put together this last travel ban, and this one worked. Court said, yep, uh, go forward. All right, now, another huge story that uh, we are covering is Harley-Davidson when they announced that they are moving, shutting down a factory in Missouri and moving the whole thing over to Europe to assemble cars or assemble motorcycles because of the tariffs that were imposed by the president on European goods. And Europe responding to, okay, uh, my dad's bigger than your dad. Uh, He can beat you up or my schwanz is bigger than yours. And they're going back and forth. And uh, so one of the victims, if you will, was Harley Davidson. And uh, it's American built, naturally. And that is, I'm assuming that that that's one of the reasons that uh, Harley Davidson was named as one of the tariffed uh, goods. You know, it's a lot of politics within the tariffs. There's a lot of politics. And so Harley Davidson said, we're done. Can't do it. Uh, Europe is now uh, attaching a uh, huge tariff to our motorcycles uh, that are going to be sold overseas. going to cost another $2,000 for those motorcycles. So, uh, you know, we're going to move the factory over there and not pay the the taxes. Well, uh, 
the president is all angry with that. And he said, I'm going to tax, uh, we will tax Harley Davidson like never before if it moves the production abroad. I don't know what it can do. How does the president tax Harley Davidson? Uh, because Harley Davidson isn't going to sell, it's not going to sell uh, those motorcycles here that it builds in Europe. It's going to sell them in Europe to avert the taxes. So I don't know where the president is going when he said, okay, I'll pay you back. You go against my premise made in America, and I am going to somehow make it miserable for you here. Boy, has he changed his tune about Harley Davidson. During the campaign, he visited the Harley Davidson uh, factory and talked about how Harley Davidson is American built by Americans. Well, not any longer. It's going to be built in Europe by Europeans for the European market. Now, Harley Davidson really is the poster child for the uh, Made in America label. They've been doing it since 1903. Well, you talk about an iconic American brand. So the president is not uh, a little bit upset about that. So the whole point is this tariff business. And uh, the president has put into tariff, has put into place these tariffs because... And I believe uh, when he is in favor of free trade, our definition of free trade is very different than other definitions of free trade. To the Chinese, free trade means they uh, put all kinds of tariffs on American goods coming into China, and we let them sell here, and we bring in Chinese goods with no tariffs. That's their idea of uh, free tariffs or uh, free trade. And then... When we bitch and moan and say we're going to do it, all they say is, tell you what, forget about the tariffs. We're going to just bring in more goods into the United States because the balance of trade is so off. We buy more from them than they buy from us, mainly because everything's cheaper to make in China. And the president's all upset that we're buying more. I mean, come on. it's If you talk about free trade, uh, you simply buy from places where it's cheaper to make. So that one, I don't understand where he's coming from. But the protective tariffs, I do. And you you can't have a country that tariffs us and we don't come back. And uh, this is the president who finally has some balls to stand up. Uh, For example, Canada, with, of course, uh, Justin Trudeau saying, we believe in free trade. Okay. Uh, If that's the cost, if you believe in that... Explain why the average tariff on dairy products, American dairy products shipped into Canada, is 249%. Why? To protect the Canadian poultry and dairy industry. That's why. Because if not, we'd wipe them out. Uh, The United States is more efficient. It has uh, much bigger volume. And the dairy industry in Canada will fall. Why? Because it would be cheaper to buy American dairy products because people buy cheaper for the same quality, right? Well, how do you protect yourself or a country? Well, you tariff the crap out of uh, goods that uh, come in and somehow compete with your own products. And so uh, it's, it's a lot complicated with these protective tariffs, and that is which products... Uh, where uh, you're going to uh, put in those tariffs, the the Chinese are very, very smart. Uh, We're putting in tariffs now. The president is putting in in billions of dollars of tariffs against against Chinese goods. And they're, okay, we'll come right back and tit for tat, we will give you, we'll charge you the same. We'll tariff your products. 
soybeans, the farm industry, goods that are critical, and they all come from the base that elected Donald Trump. Now, does Donald Trump, do the farmers who supported Trump, do they come back and go, wait a minute, Uh, did the president just put in tariffs that now cost us hundreds of millions of dollars and some soybean producers say, if this isn't straightened out, we're out of business by the end of the year. We lose it. And the president's response is, you know, for the long term, just sit back. This will be fine. Just give me a chance. This will all work out. And they come back with, what does that mean? It'll all work out. Because we won't have a farm for it to, for it to work out. Uh, but, you know, it's there's no easy answer on this one. And previous pre- uh, presidents have just rolled over. Oh, let's not forget the Chinese ripping us off. The intellectual property, the copying, the uh, total ig- uh, ignoring uh, copyright, trademark, gone, doesn't exist. And previous presidents have have just not dealt with it. And Trump is saying, you're damn right we're going to deal with it. I'm tired of you, the Chinese, ripping us off to this extent. And now, now you get to pay for it. There are consequences. He's got balls. And previous presidents do not. Okay, coming up, uh, Jim Keeney. Uh, we've got medical news, the first marijuana-based prescription drug, and opioids that are effective but not addictive. I mean, how much fun is that? Come on. If you want op- opioids, they should be addictive. That's the whole point. You are the only person who says that. Yeah, well, we'll talk to Dr. Jim in just a moment. <laughs> KFI AM 640. Oh, help me, please, doctor, I'm damaged. There's a pain where there once was a heart. It's sleeping, it's abating. Can't you please tear it out? Handle here on a uh, Tuesday morning, June 26th. Big decisions. Supreme Court this morning. Two decisions, uh, one declaring that that the California law that required religiously affiliated pregnancy centers to inform clients about uh, the availability of state-funded services for pregnancy termination, gone. California law is gone, and uh, the Trump travel ban back on. All right. Now, Dr. Jim Keeney uh, with some news. Uh, Jim, who is the chief of staff-elect at Mission Hospital. Jim, good morning. Morning, Bill. All right. Uh, a couple of big stories I would like to ask you about, and that's the FDA approving the first marijuana-based prescription drug, and it doesn't get anybody high. And my question is, why would you ever use a marijuana-based drug with, and you don't get high? I just don't understand that. <laughs> exactly. No, I mean, this, and so this has been known for a while, right? CBD oil um, has beneficial medical benefits. Uh, it's the non-high part of the drug. And so, yeah, it's been less popular. But now there's companies that are trying to purify that and use it for medical purposes. Um, it's been known for a while that it helps control seizures. I mean, like I've talked about on the show before. I, I, was, I wasn't that, that high on marijuana before as a drug treatment. But uh, then I had a patient that, uh, that, uh, that was a very 
young kid with severe uh, brain injury, and his dad was at his wit's end and had no other way to control his son's seizures. And he actually told me that he finally found this, the CBD oil, and his, his son, who would have six, seven seizures a day, all of a sudden stopped seizing. So, you know, it's hard to, uh, to be against something like that. You now, know? And that's what this company is doing now. Now, the FDA approving this, uh, the fact, and it just makes a lot of sense, the fact that they didn't approve it, did that have to do with the ban on marijuana itself, even if uh, this particular kind of marijuana didn't get you high? No, I mean, it's more that, uh, that uh, there's... Uh now, it, I, my understanding was that they did. They're in the process of approving it. So, um, but they, I mean, this was a small study, 500 patients. So, uh, you know, they they may need. This may be the safety first. First level is is it safe, right? And so, they, people, even though everybody uses marijuana, you know, not everybody, but large percentage of the population now is using marijuana. They, we have to prove first to the FDA that it's safe. So they need to provide those studies. Then the next uh, study has to be that it's effective, and it has to actually be more effective than currently available treatments for the FDA to be interested in approving it. So there's a few hurdles to go through, and, uh, and that's, just, that's why the FDA is there. Does the FDA take into account uh, the anecdotal evidence of uh, millions, tens of millions of people over the the history of marijuana use uh, going back 50, 100 years, is they, they look at that at all or it's all double-blind studies? No, yeah, they're looking for specific studies. I mean, in the case of something like aspirin, which probably would have a very hard time passing the FDA these days, uh, you know, it, it's, it was something that was already in use. It was already a, considered a drug. Uh, and so it kind of, in a way, grandfathered in. But uh, for something like marijuana, and especially if you're going to uh, purify one aspect of it, one of, the, one of the chemicals within marijuana, they're going to want to see that that purified, uh, isolated form is both safe and effective. So how does the FDA approve anything that the federal government still deems illegal? Uh, Ask me that again. I didn't. Okay. How does the FDA approve any drug that is deemed illegal by the federal government? That's true. I mean, so they're not approving marijuana per se, right? This is purified CBD. They're approving a chemical within the marijuana plant. So it is different. They're, they're purifying an ingredient, and the CBD oil specifically, uh, and the way they purify it, the method by which they use it, that all will result in, in a specific type of chemical and formulation that now the company is required to use when they produce this. So the FDA knows that every time, and that's, that's kind of the comforting thing, is once something is approved by the FDA, is produced by a company, you know you're getting the same chemical every time, as opposed to when you're you're getting marijuana plants, you don't know, you know, who grew them, under what conditions, where they were grown, and they may have different levels of these chemicals where one might be very beneficial to you and the other may not. So this is going to create some consistency as well. Now, uh, they approve this uh, for, uh, or they will approve it for specific treatments, correct? They're looking at a certain kind of epilepsy. So if it turns out this is one of these wonder drugs that is, uh, it helps a whole variety of ailments. Uh, does that take years and years where they just keep on testing in different areas? Yeah, so that's what companies do is 
um, again, remember I said they have to, it has to be better than existing treatments. So what they're going to do is pick off the, uh, those hard-to-treat, what we call refractory epilepsy, the ones that, can't, that are already on multiple drugs and they're still having breakthrough seizures. So if they pick off that group and show that it helps them, it's a lot easier for them to get this passed. Now people can back into it. Doctors don't have to stick to FDA uh, recommendations. Once it's FDA approved and it's on the market, I can use drugs for off-label use. That's legal. And uh, so now a doctor could potentially prescribe it for non-refractory epilepsy, even though that's not what it was improved for. And uh, if it turns out, let's say you guess right, and it uh, works on another ailment, another disease, right. uh, do the drug com- you report to the drug companies and uh, they go, okay, let's try it in that regard. Is that what happens? Right. They could. But if enough doctors are doing it, why bother? They're already getting the benefit without having to do all the studies. And so that's why they use this approach. They can back into a blockbuster drug without actually having to go through all that work. But they can't be, it can't be marketed for that particular ailment Correct. without the FDI approving it. So, exactly. Yeah. It can't be marketed. And so, but, but if enough, so that's, again, they're looking at the market. They want to see how many doctors use it. So Cialis is an example. You know, that was an erectile dysfunction drug, but a lot of uh, urologists notice that it helps with uh, enlarged prostate. They started using it for that, and they were getting some sales out of it. But then they realized this stuff's kind of expensive. Aren't, people aren't going to pay for it out of their pocket, and the only way an insurance company is going to pay for it is if you get the FDA approval. So in that case, they went back and got the FDA approval. Okay. Uh, do you have time for another segment? Sure. Okay. We're going to come back and talk about opioids uh, that are not addictive. It's another one. Why would you ever buy an opioid that you don't get addictive to? I just don't get that kind of logic. Uh, we're going to come back with uh, Dr. Jim uh, right after I this. I feel like he's going to have a different opinion than you do, Hingle. Uh, and I doubt it. Now, let me tell you, he follows my lead. Okay, Jennifer Jones, lead. <laughs> the repeal. Handle here in the morning crew on a uh, Tuesday, and uh, it's a big Tuesday. Supreme Court just handed down a couple of uh, judgments this morning. A couple of opinions. California's law uh, that required religiously affiliated pregnancy centers to inform clients about state-funded abortion services. That's gone. Freedom of religion overruled that one. And also the uh, travel ban. Uh, President Trump's travel ban has been upheld. The last go-round, the third go-round. All right, back we go to Dr. Jim Keeney, who is Chief of Staff-Elect at Mission Hospital. Uh, Jim, when did you become Chief of Staff non-elect? January. Oh, okay, so I have to say Chief of Staff-Elect until January? For a whole January? year, yeah. I mean, it's actual position. It sounds like you're just waiting, but it's an actual job with actual, you know, stuff you do. Yeah, they pay you more money for this? A couple bucks. You know, gas money. Yeah, so it's probably not worth it, is it? <laughs> it's worth it just so you can say that, you know. You're chief of staff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. it's good. It, it's good uh, it's around the cocktail uh, table. I get it. Right. All right. Uh, now, uh, the next subject I want to I ca- uh, cover with you is uh, in relation to the opioid addiction. And uh, I'm reading uh, that there is a way to uh, effectively have opioids without... Uh, the addiction aspect of it. How does that work? 
Well, okay, so the way opioids work is there's a receptor in the brain that it attaches to, and that's the receptor that experiences pain. The problem is the one that we use uh, for, or the one that's affected by the drugs that we use is called the mu receptor, and it's present in other areas of the brain, like the reward center of the brain, where you get that sense of euphoria, you get that sense of pleasure. Uh, Also in the respiratory center of the brain that, that gives you your drive to breathe. So that's our problem right now with opioids is people are dying because they overdose on them and they stop breathing and they get addicted to them because of that reward pleasure center. So the goal here is to find a drug that stimulates or that, that blocks the pain without blocking all those other things. Yeah, how do you get uh, a drug as effective as these opioids without the side effects? Right. So what's interesting about this article that came out is they talk about, so we have the mu opioid receptor, which is the standard one that most opioids hit, right? They found two new uh, receptors, uh, a kappa and delta, and the kappa one seems to be really good for blocking pain without blocking respiratory drive and without stimulating the reward center and the pleasure centers of the brain. So ideally, if we could get some drugs that are safe, that don't harm people, but at the same time only hit those pain areas, then we have the potential here to have uh, pain medications that are much safer uh, and don't cause addiction. So you can uh, swallow those, uh, eat them like Skittles, and uh, there's going to be no big issue here where they can actually give massive doses of this stuff with no real side effects. Well, you know, of course, every medicine has side effects, but w- at least without those really horrible, horrible side effects that we're seeing right now. I mean, right now we're looking at, you know, 125,000 people a year dying yeah. from overdose. Well, that's like, okay, so, you know, we talk about, I, I always compare things to 747s crashing, right? So a 747 has like 300 people on it. That's a 747 every other day filled with people crashing into the ground. And if that was happening, people would, you know, planes dropping out of the sky, people would stand up and go, what the heck's going on here? We have to do something about these planes. But because opioid addiction is kind of happening under the surface, it's just recently kind of hit the public mind. Yeah. You know, know, I've been talking to doctors because this is something that I'm particularly interested in because I happen to like opioids, as you know, and I scramble. Actually, I don't. I hate You don't. I know you don't. I know. They make me sick, as sick as a dog. So even in the hospital, I was having a, uh, and I was talking to Jim about this, I was actually having a fight when I was in the hospital. They tried to put more opioids in me than I wanted. I used to, th- I threw the doctors out of the office. I think they did because I know we had conversations you don't remember. Uh, yeah, that's absolutely true. <laughs> I know where all the bodies are buried uh, now. Yeah, that's so true. Uh, so right now, uh, what ends up happening is, of course, doctors are so cognizant of opioid addiction uh, that, let's say you come out of the hospital and intense pain. Uh, three, four days uh, worth of opioids is what they hand you, and then it's Go ahead and take some Tylenol or ibuprofen as if it does anything. Right, right. And so ideally, right, we don't want people to suffer. We want to control their pain, but we also don't want to be the cause of a secondary problem, right? And so that's that balance that we're trying to hit. And so the problem is you're telling somebody, yes, I need you to be in some level of pain, but what level of pain is acceptable? And that's kind of different for everyone. And after you've had a few days of narcotics, you really start to see, hey, why why do I need to have this pain? I can just take these narcotics. I was talking to a doctor who said the entire philosophy of making you comfortable is out the window. Uh, We're not interested in making you comfortable, as you just said. We want you to be, or we'll allow you to be in pain. It's just a level of pain and managing it. 
Yeah, I guess. I mean, I, I really, maybe I'm still too hopeful. I'm hoping that we can get you comfortable, but not necessarily pain-free. How can you be comfortable without hurting? Well, I think you can, I think there's a space there where you can be comfortable and you, you know, I mean, a lot of people walk around with pain. They walk around with pain in their joints. They walk around. Yeah, but they're not, but they're not comfortable. It hurts. Yeah, but I don't know. I think there's a level where you can be comfortable, but still, you know, manageable. How about we use that word? Okay. And I think that's the language that's being used, manageable. We we want the pain to be manageable. We don't want it to be unmanageable. Okay, fair enough. And then uh, finally, uh, the uh, new kinds of anti-opioids that you've been talking about, uh, is that in the works at all? How many years uh, down the line are we looking at this? For what? For for the for the drugs you were talking about, oh, the painkillers yeah. with without the opioids. Right. So, um, you know, I don't know. You know, this is pie in the sky right now because what they've done. This is the the art. An article came out because they're using crystallography to actually, you know, uh, look at the receptor, look Got at it. the shape of it, and then match that up with chemicals that would fit perfectly in there. So we're not even at the stage of having found the chemicals yet. Right. This is just an idea. So right now it's still handfuls of oxycodone. Exactly. Got it. All right, Jim. Thank you. Anytime. All right. Uh, Dr. Jim Keeney. Great. Always great stuff. All right. uh, Coming up, the excellent. All right. Handle here is uh, we end the show. Two big stories we're covering that no doubt uh, Gary and Shannon will be covering, and that's the two Supreme Court decisions that were handed down this morning. One was uh, California law required religious-affiliated uh, pregnancy centers to inform clients about the availability of state-funded abortion clinics. And uh, they said no. California said yes. Uh, you have to inform clients. Court just said uh, no. Uh, the religious organizations are absolutely right. And then uh, President Trump's travel ban has been upheld. Now... Uh, Have you heard of uh, the excellence gap? Probably has, without even knowing the name. And this has to do with uh, students that are very high-end, and uh, they get a lot of attention and resources, and then students that are below average, who then don't get the resources, and uh, this gap between the high-end and the low-end students uh, needs to be narrowed. Well, it is being narrowed. Slightly, but not enough. And the problem is, in many cases, racial. That too many of those in the latter category, those below average, are Hispanic and are blacks. And on the other side of the coin, you can argue that too many of the students in the high group happen to be Asian. I guess that's sort of reverse discrimination, I I guess, reverse racism. And so there's a move afoot to bring into high-end schools and classes those students that are below the grade. And uh, while I appreciate the thinking and the philosophy, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me for a couple of reasons. First of all, bringing students uh, up... And for the sole reason uh, they are black or they are poor or they are Latino, and that's the reason that they're being brought up, even with the grades and the education that doesn't match the other students. Now, I have seen universities, and this one just floored me, when they allowed in 
As a matter of fact, uh, even went out and uh, literally were asking for students that were extraordinarily poor, uh, uneducated, or didn't meet the standards. And I'm talking about uh, Ivy League schools, Yale, Harvard. And they're out there looking for those students. And if anybody applies, they're letting them in with uh, grades and uh, an academic background that would not even be considered in a, during the normal school year or normal requirements. Wouldn't even be considered. Why even write, write an application? Doesn't make any sense. But here's what they are doing. They're saying, number one, there's something horribly wrong with the fact that we have these two different kinds of students. Now, keep in mind, you know what it takes to get into an Ivy League school? you have any idea? It's thousands or at least many hundreds of applications per spot. And what the administrators are saying is we want the students in the latter. We want poor. We want people out of the inner city. We want people who would otherwise never be allowed to come in here. Why? Because the other students need diversity. It helps, in this case, the uh, very advanced the students that are very accomplishment accomplished who have who have made the grade to get into the school they need to hang around with kids from the inner city who would never meet the grade and you go wow really now i don't have a problem uh, well actually i do but i understand uh, the reality of all things being equal you take the minority only because of what is perceived to be the racist view of society. And because you, more, eth, uh, more ethnic kids uh, are below average and they don't have the same, well, I'm not even say abilities, but they don't have the, uh, the same benefits that uh, other kids would have. These kids can't go to private school. They don't have the resources Parents don't have time to go to PTA meetings. But as a philosophy, as that's the way you narrow the excellence gap, and that is coming. The University of Chicago uh, has uh, now uh, decided that SAT or ACT scores are optional. Let's not even pay attention to them. What? So testing is out? How do you determine someone is good? Well, in their case... Inner city, poor, have broken out of the inner city, and that's good. Now, if someone has broken out and has made the grade, that's a very special person. Shannon, you grew up in the inner city. No. Nope. You were a poor black girl growing up, weren't you? Uh, Nope. No. Nope. I have that wrong? I uh well I did go to I did go to school in San Francisco for a time at the school that my father taught at. It was kind of an inner city school. Okay. Um, I remember feeling special because I was really only one of a couple of white kids. That makes you pretty special. And then uh, they shipped me to a suburb school. Why? And and everybody looked like me. And I remember being disappointed by that. My brother was in a middle school in San Francisco and had gotten caught making out with a girl outside of the school. So they shipped us both to a Catholic school in the suburbs. Oh, Oh, your folks did that. Yeah. Got it. All right. Uh, what are you going to talk about today? <laughs> well, we had a bit of uh, a crime scene at KFI here this morning. 
we uh, we found some blood on the wall oh. and uh, what appeared to be a fingerprint. Ooh. And then we're in our office and all of a sudden Nick says, hey, was that stain on the couch? Has that been here? And it's and Gary puts a piece of white paper on it and presses down. And sure enough, he picks up the paper and there's blood on the paper. Ooh. Fresh blood. That is a crime scene. We'll tell you the rest of the story. Yeah. Unless, when we come back. Unless, unless someone had a hangnail and decided to Oh, no, no, no. It was a large amount of blood. Really? All right. So that's interesting. Also, I'm assuming you're going to do the Supreme Court decision. They just sure. We'll get to that. Yeah. A lot of stuff going on. All right. And also, handle on the law. It is a Tuesday, which means I am taking phone calls. Uh, if you need marginal legal advice, you call me at 877-520-1150. 877-520-1150, starting in just a moment, right up until 11 o'clock. Marginal legal advice, top of the hour, of course, the best time to call where you get in, and I actually abuse you and give you legal advice. 877-520-1150, Shannon and Gary, Gary and Shannon coming up. Uh, you know, the wrong building was here. You know that. I know. I know. That I know. That really pisses he me off. He demanded it. Uh, and you caved? You're like <laughs> Harley kidding. Davidson. You threw in the white flag <laughs> as far as the president is concerned? Uh, good times. All right. Shannon, have a good show. Thank you, sir. Handle and the Morning Crew. We'll be back tomorrow. KFI AM 640.